Well, a big welcome to church, a special warm welcome to those joining us for the first time, and uh, we're just glad to have you with us, and we pray tonight's going to uh, inspire you, encourage you, help you, and uh, maybe you're new to equipers over the last few Sundays, uh, just particularly in our night services, taking the opportunity to hear people's stories. Um, we can take so much inspiration, encouragement of how God's worked in other people's lives, uh, and it really just, I, I guess even for me, it's helped give a fresh faith and a fresh uh, deposit of, of just that sense of what God can do, just hearing different people's journeys. And so tonight, uh, we got the privilege and the honor of having Adam and Aisha join us, and uh, we're going to be talking about their stories tonight. Adam and Aisha have been uh, significant leaders in the life of the church for, for a number of years now, uh, particularly in our family's uh, community, but welcome team. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks for having us. Hi. It's good to have you here with me. Both of you, um, yeah, you, you guys are an incredible couple. Um, so much, Deb, so much uh, around what God's done in your lives. I'm excited to hear your stories afresh. Um, both of you individually have um, inspiring stories, and then and then even you guys coming together again is, a, is an inspiring story. So we're going to hear a bit about that tonight. So we're going to look at their lives individually and what God has done there, and then look at what God's been able to do, uh, I guess, through them as a couple and in Adam's uh, pursuit of Aisha and the much-needed prayer that that took. Uh, <laughs> a lot of prayer. <laughs> so that's all we're going to be diving into. So we'll just start um, with you, Adam, um, do you want to share, I guess, yeah, open up a little bit about your life, your journey, and what God's done in your world? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Scott. Um, Pastor Scott asked me to share my life story, and I was born in 1979. So I'll start in 1978 with my parents. Uh, no, look, I won't uh, bore you with the details. I guess I just wanted to um, preface uh, my story, I guess, with a scripture um, uh, from Deuteronomy. And it's just when Moses is, is addressing all the Israelites and he's kind of handing over the baton, I guess, to, um, to can I get the scripture up if that's all right? <laughs> um, handing the baton over to Joshua. And he just says, um, you know, for, at, at the end of it, in um, Deuteronomy 4, verse 31, he says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the Solomon covenant, solemn covenant that he made with your ancestors. And some versions, uh, rather than ancestors, say father. And I love that because, you know, my father had a massive um, part to play in my life and my journey, just the way that he loved me, I guess. And, and just to go back and start, you know, I grew up in an amazing home, a loving home, um, God-fearing parents. My mum and dad were pastors and they were, they were leading a church at the, um, as I grew up, led, led many churches um, for, a, for a movement. And um, it was a house full of love. Although mum was in a wheelchair, she, my mother had multiple sclerosis and, and we grew up during that and it was just normal for us, I guess. We didn't know any different. And um, although she was in a wheelchair, there was just so much love that she poured out. Although she, I didn't feel the, I guess, the loving nature of a mother just because of her um, circumstance, I knew that she loved me. There just wasn't that interaction. And I guess for me, that just made life, yeah, I, I guess it was good. We just grew up in such a loving home. The thing which I think, really kind of threw me a little bit as I was always looking for attention. So dad was really busy. Uh, Mum was obviously in a wheelchair. And so I was a middle child. So I had an older brother and a, and a younger brother. That makes you in the middle. Um, <laughs> um, and just for you that didn't know that. Um, 
But I was always wanting attention. And, and years later, I was met up with a guy and he told me that he watched me grow up and he said, man, Adam, all you ever wanted was a hug. You just needed a hug. And, and I guess I always wanted a bit of attention. So come school and stuff like that, I kind of reached out, um, <laughs> reached out for that attention. I was a bit of the class clown. I know you'd never guess it. Um, <laughs> bit of the class clown. I think one teacher said Adam's definitely got special needs. Um, and, and yeah, and I guess on that journey of of wanting attention, I kind of fell in with a with a with a bit of a bad crew, a bit of a rough crew. And to be honest, um, school didn't really agree with me. So fourteen and a half, fifteen, I said goodbye to my schooling career, um, left school, and 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 I guess fell into a hospitality industry. And with that came a lot of drugs. Um, I kind of started drugs a little bit earlier when I was still at school, about thirteen. Um, but when I left school, it really um, got stuck into it. And the more that I kind of stepped out and, and acted out to get that attention, the more I found myself going down a, a, a vulnerable track, I guess, or a track where um, you know I was, I was steering more more away from God. Um, so I come 18, I decided that you know pastor's home wasn't the best for me. I thought that I'd better leave. So I thought, well, why not? ease into um, drug life and move into a tinny house, a drug house. Um, so one polar opposite to the other. And I guess from there, that kind of opened the door to, to a really um, interesting scene, an interesting life um, where I just didn't even want to know about God. But it's funny how God always kept his hand on my life, like no matter what, no matter where I was, he always kept me, I guess, one away from disaster. Um, so there's many a times I can think about where I was kind of, where he saved me. There was no other thing, but he saved me. So one time, um, I guess, um, well, my friends um, and I had decided to do a bit of a, um, a cook to to make some drugs. Um, and I was heading up there to go and he- catch up with my mates. And um, and on my way there, I got a phone call and I had to actually go and see someone on the way. So I, I couldn't go, but it was all my gear to, that they were using to make it, and it was all my um, paraphernalia that they were making to use it, and I couldn't go, so I rung them and said, hey, I'm not going to make this, I've got to go sort this out, so I never actually made it up there, and now, unfortunately, but once again, God's hand on my life, um, the, the cook went completely wrong, and the guys ended up having a big explosion and blowing up the kitchen, um, two of my friends um, were severely burnt, uh, one had 80, 80 Degree, 80% of his body was um, was severely, severely burnt. And, you know, but God just once again saved me. You know, like, I'm still friends with these guys for this, from this day, but just a really hard time. Um, another time from there, uh, um, after that, we were, cause, you know, I'm a bit of a, it takes a while for me to learn a lesson. Another time I was living with a bunch of friends and, and, and we were growing a whole lot of marijuana. And um, and we got raided by the police. One of my friends had done a burglary, and so the police linked it back to this house and, uh, that we were staying at. And um, once again, this time I had had 16 convictions, um, and we got raided by the police. And I was living in a granny flat downstairs, and we were growing upstairs, and my mates lived upstairs. And they um, the police came and wanted to arrest me. Um, they came to take me away, and I said, hold on, I'm not living upstairs. I live downstairs. Uh, I don't know what they're doing up there. So it was a little bit of a white lie, a little bit. Um, but my friends as well, they didn't, they didn't tell on me. You know, like, I guess it was the kind of um, era we lived in or the, or the code we lived by. And so I should have gone to jail, but, but this that instance I was saved. And, you know, God kept me um, out of trouble. And that actually, that night was a real turning point. I mean, I had had a heavy um, addiction to pee. I'd had, um, a, well, I, I was involved in, a, in the middle of a heavy addiction to pee and just a really dark time in my life, dark people um, mixing with gangs. Um, 
And, and that night I really cried out to God. I, it was a little bit of a turning point for me. It was a massive turning point. I just cried out to God and said, God, man, I'm going on such a bad and a wrong journey. Um, I know you've got more for me. And I said, God, what should I, what should I do? And God just said, just go home. Go home. Go back to your father. Um, and go back to your father. So, so I kind of had this joy come over me that night. And it wasn't actually until I did Bible college in 2018 that I realized that that night God completely healed me of my addictions. Um, it was incredible that from that night, yeah, I was um, from healed from my addiction to pee. Um, you know, as I said, I'm a bit of a slow learner. So there's a couple of times that I dabbled after that. However, the addiction was broken. I know that. And it's funny. So I rang Dad the next day and said, hey, Dad, I'm, you know, things are not going that well. I need to go home. And um, he kind of laughed and said, I knew you were coming home, son. So we rewind about a month or two ago. Um, a couple of my mates had been in a burglary and... Um, and we had robbed a, uh, a hobby shop because we, we had someone wanted some petrol-powered um, radio-controlled cars. And, um, and anyway, one of the things that we got was an aircraft, uh, model aircraft. And my father's big time and still is big time into model aircrafts. And so I, I, for his birthday or Father's Day, I gave him this present. Um, sorry, Dad, for receiving um, borrowed goods. Um, I gave him this um, present and, and he made the plane and the sticker on the name of the plane was actually Prodigal Son. So he had a bit of a laugh and, um, you know, that was, I guess, a significant moment for me where, where God kind of called me, called me home. And uh, from there, you know, life got a bit easier, um, I guess. There wasn't such a dark tint to my life. There wasn't such a, a dark undertow. And um, from, from there... I was definitely still getting in trouble uh, for, for quite a while. But then my mother unfortunately passed away um, in 2005, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was about 2005 or 2006 or 2007. I should tell me. I can't quite remember. But, um, but um, when mum passed away, you know, she was in a wheelchair. And one thing she always did and what she could do, I said earlier that, you know, she... Um, she couldn't do a lot, but one thing she could do was pray. And so she always prayed for me um, for years and years and years. And I thought, well, if one thing's going to come out of my mum's life, it's going to be me getting back with God. Um, so I really took that, um, took that mission or that motion, I guess, to, to just to come back to church um, and, uh, yeah, get to know God a lot better. So it was an amazing opportunity, I guess, for me. And, and during that time, um, I was, yeah, warming and I, and I had met um, uh, someone and was in a relationship with them, ended up marrying them um, and got two beautiful kids. And, and, and that marriage actually ended um, just due to me not, I guess, living as much with God as what I wanted to, as what I put it, because I had a whole lot of hurt and a whole lot of pain from the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, from there, what I did... Um, is just pushed into God. I had nothing really um, to, to go. My, you know, my marriage had fallen apart and um, I had nowhere to really go. And, and I just reached out to God. I had been introduced to equippers by Margot and Stu Shutt and um, had started coming along um, due to our daughters in the same class. And I had nowhere to go, except I really just pushed into faith. I guess the only thing is I could do was push into God. And, um, and it was an amazing time just to watch the church come around me. I can remember it vividly. It was a game of netball, um, and my, my daughter was playing in the same team as Pastor Sam, and I just mentioned to him, hey, a bit of a rough time, this is what's happened. Within, 
you know, a couple of days I'd had Pastor Willem reach out. I'd had a couple of guys get around me and just really support me. And that's what I love about our church um, is the way they come in, the way that, you know, guys just come in and they get around you and they support you. I didn't know what was going on. But now that I'm more involved with church, I can look back and, and see what was happening. And, and I really owe my journey and my growth in the guys like Stu Shutt and Pastor Willem, just how they really got around me and they believed in me and they saw something that no one else did. So I guess for me, just the, the takeaway point is, that you know God's always watching no matter where you are or what you're doing God's always got his 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 eye he wants us saved more than anyone else he wants your brother he wants your friend he wants your husband he wants your wife saved more than you could ever want him to so you know I just love the fact that God's always looking after us come on thanks man thanks for sharing that crazy (laughs) crazy journey you've had there but like you said, it's cool to just see how, you know, you're going in one direction, but God's hand was still in, mm. in that whole journey and just to bring you full circle and back to where you are today. It's, yeah, it's inspiring. Um, yeah, it'd be also now cool, Ice, to hear, yeah. hear your journey, what's God done in, in your world. Yeah, cool. So uh, kia ora, everyone. Um, I'm Aisha. Um, I grew up in a family of five, so I had a mum, dad, and three sisters. Um, we grew up in a non-Christian home, so going to church, uh, you know, every Sunday, like traditional church that was foreign to us, that wasn't um, something we grew up with. Um, we grew up in a very low, um, impoverished area, so in a very low decile um, we went to Desal One schooling. We lived in a state house, and when you're um, living in these, you know, environments and conditions, it's often, you know, riddled with addiction, violence, trauma, mental health issues. A lot of these things that um, were actually really normal amongst all of our school friends. We didn't realise that that was, you know, dysfunctional or unhealthy, and so. We're growing up in this environment. We still had a loving family and loving extended family members, and um, but we were lacking God. And so I didn't know what it was like to have a living, breathing relationship with God. And uh, in the year 2000, um, back when Equipus Church was called Auckland City Church, uh, my sister got invited along to youth group. And... Um, Naturally, I wanted to follow along and tag along too and be like, oh, what's this youth group? Um, And so, of course, we were so attracted to, you know, this healthy, amazing environment that youth group provided for us. And we would get picked up every Friday and we had a youth bus that would drive through Pamir and GI and, you know, it was crazy, like, some Sunday nights we'd have beer bottles thrown through the bus window. It was just crazy. But um, this was my first experience of church. And, you know, church wrapped around this really vulnerable community to get this bunch of kids um, to church and in healthy environments. And that was, you know, my first kind of, oh, wow, like we're so attracted to this. And we had loving youth group leaders who would come and pick us up from home and, um, you know, they'd stop the bus past our piano lessons just to make sure we were there. And, you know, that kind of investment really does transcend generations and that makes a huge impact 
on people and sometimes you don't even realize what you're doing for somebody but that really did um, impact uh, my family's life and so um, then you know started coming along to church um, I did fall away from church and kind of walk away from God and found myself um, at, later on I walked away I was a teen mum um, so I fell pregnant very young um, and that kind of was the start of a very down spiral um, for me. Um, walking away from God, I turned my back. I, I kind of always knew, you know, that church felt like home, but I still, I guess out of shame, you know, I didn't want to come and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm a teen mom now. And so I was navigating, you know, well, what does this look like now, being a teen mother, having this young baby, um, and at the same time, um, you know, my partner, we ended up getting married and he was, um, I guess, just as traumatized as I was. And so here we are, these two young, vulnerable children, um, and we found ourselves in this place. And uh, we ended up getting married and having two children together. And um, I just remember reaching a point where I cried out to God and I said, I need you. And I just, I couldn't deal with the chaos of constant um, just dysfunction and living a life where someone was also battling with their own trauma and unresolved issues and a very unhealthy um, dysfunctional marriage where God was completely absent from that marriage. And so I just remember crying out one night, God, I need you and I can't stay in a marriage where, you know, it's dangerous and with these two little babies in tow. And so um, that marriage ended and I found myself, you know, really heartbroken and just a really broken woman at that point. And I cried out to God and um, from that point to me, that's the real um, pivot moment in my life where God really did change the trajectory of what my life looks like today. Um, it was as simple as, you know, admitting my need of Him and realizing that He's such a patient God and such a compassionate God. And, you know, He had never left me. He, no matter how, um, how much I turned my back on Him, no matter how far, I tried to run or to live my own life, God always pursued me and hunted me down. And, um, you know, I love that. I love that God's love chased me down. He never left me. He never forsook me. Um, he was always there, even when I wasn't aware of his presence. Um, and so that moment was really, yeah, where I decided God, I don't want to live my life without you. I know what it is to feel at home in your presence. And now I know how it feels to be outside of your protection and your love. And I don't want to live a single day outside of that love anymore. And so I just decided I'm going to dedicate my life to chasing you, God, and to receiving your love and allowing you to love me and allowing you to give me the grace to raise, you know, these little boys in your ways. And uh, um, a scripture that I decided in my heart 
was, you know, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And this is something that I decided right from the get-go, that I will raise my children in the ways of the Lord, that they will know that God loves them, that God is their father, and regardless of circumstance, that, um, you know, he's always for us. So, yeah, another one, um, you know, love is patient, love is kind. This is a scripture, you know, God is love. And to me, God was the most patient person of all. He waited. Um, he doesn't force himself onto us, but he loves us um, in spite of our decisions and still chooses to chase us down, um, even when we're not choosing God. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. And, yeah, I really appreciate you guys even just being open and honest and vulnerable. I know it's not always in, an easy thing to do, especially on such a public uh, platform, <laughs> but... I know there's so much, I guess even as I'm sitting here hearing your story, so much I'm encouraged about the nature, the character, the person of God, just seeing how he's engaged in your world. And, and in, a, in a moment, we'll, we'll talk about how you, how you two ended up together. Um, but yeah, you've, you've both already touched on it, but just to kind of reinforce it. Yeah, if, if there was an aspect or a character of God that kind of has, has stood out to you through your your journey, your salvation journey, or your, your connecting to God journey, uh, yeah, that we could draw from. What would be, I guess, part of the nature or the character of God that, that kind of gripped your heart through your journey? Um, yeah, for me, uh, two things really stand out. One, you know, the graciousness of God. Um, God, to me, one of the characteristics and the uh, just something that's completely stood out is God is so gracious and he, um, you know, there's nothing we can do to make God love us more and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less and understanding and receiving that is so huge. And um, another one, um, you know, I already mentioned it, but God is patient and God is patient with us. And, you know, we as human beings, we can be so impatient and uh, we just want everything to happen now and we can be so instantaneous. But God is a God who is such a gentleman and he never forces himself um, and he wants to have a relationship with us and he's waiting for us to invite him in and say, God, I need you. And then his love comes rushing in. Yeah, that's great. And also, I think that, you know, what I've realized is that God's always there. He's working things out on our behalf. Um, you know, Pastor Helen always says that God's in the background knitting uh, knitting away, knitting our, the fabric of our lives, I guess. And you can just see that he's at work. I mean, with Aisha and I, even now that when we're together, you can see that he was at work. I mean, just small things like where we live now, just around the corner from where Aisha's boys um, go to school. I mean, when I bought the house, it was well before, I mean, I knew I wanted Aisha, but it was well before <laughs> she knew she wanted me. Um, but it's the small things, I guess, in life that, um, you know, that God, God's working them all out. God has gone before us. He's seen it all, and he, he knows exactly which way we want to go. And the other thing, I guess, is, um, you know, the scripture, knock and the door be open, see, can we all find? Because, man, he's just there waiting, as I said, you know, he's there waiting for us. He's a gentleman. We're never too unsaved. We're never, never too far gone. We're never too far away. He's literally one cry, one prayer, one breath away from, from changing our lives. So good. And, um, 
yeah, there's, there's so much to draw from that. But um, yeah, just in our, our last sort of five or so minutes, we'll be keen to just share. Yeah, how how did it come together? Did Adam buy the house, buy the school, so you would live Absolutely. with it? <laughs> Was it part of the grand plan? Or no, I, I, I mean, heard you had to work a bit for it, Adam. Aisha's side of the story always seems to be a little bit more glamorous than mine because um, I put in all the hard yards. But, um, you know, I was talking before about Moses handing um, the baton over to Joshua. Moses never quite made it into the promised land. I tell you, I felt like Moses for a long time, um, you know, the, out there in the wilderness. Um, but when I got the promised land, I've got to say that the... Um, it was a, it was a great yeah it was it was great to be there but no I guess for me um, I knew that I had to pursue Aisha she was a, a fierce woman of God she was strong um, she said no to me um, which happened to be in the middle of a um, a debrief after church um, at the town hall on the side of stage the um, production team used to have a debrief huddle um, I was talking to my mate Tom Hunt and I said mate I'm going to go and ask her out um, so I chased her up there into the middle of the debrief stopped her bang smack in the middle of the circle and said, hey, Aisha, would you go to, like to go to lunch with me? She said, uh, no thanks, I'm not ready for that. Um, so I went back to Tom Hunt and said, mate, you didn't pray hard enough. I asked you to pray. Um, but that was, um, and, and then from there, there was about a year, I guess, where there was a bit of chasing. But I, I had um, some friends in powerful places. I had uh, Pastor Kathy, Pastor Sam, uh, Pastor Ruku and Willem, and I was on all of them to make sure that I'd get a coffee. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was funny because after he, you know, asked me out for lunch that time, um, I text him to say, you know, I really admire your courage. Um, it's still a no, um, but, you know. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I said to him, God's timing is perfect. And I guess the whole irony of it all is that um, God's timing really is perfect. And uh, I guess that even the coming together of, our stories and blending our two families together, um, you know, we've really chosen to put God at the center and to have God at, um, at the center of our marriage, God at the center of our family. And that really guided the coming of us together as well as your <laughs> efforts. Um, Men, don't be afraid to pursue. <laughs> if she says no the first time, ask again. But ladies, don't be so hard, seriously. Have a heart. You're worth it. You make him work hard. But no, so God at the centre. I think if anything, us coming together is that, you know, God restores your story and that's um, as long as you put your trust in God and your confidence in Him. You know, His Word says... Um, Seek first my kingdom and I will add all of these things unto you and delight yourself, um, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I think, you know, keeping God first and foremost and at the center, um, his timing is perfect and he works everything out for your good. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess, yeah, that, it's so cool to I, I guess hear you guys' journeys and, and, and then the connection back to God and then how God's actually then built a family around you guys and, and, and continuing to, to build a family around you guys and, and seeing you guys flourish. And, yeah, I guess even that, that journey of, of God, you know, you, you both have been in previous marriages and, and then that, now this one you decided to build it on the foundation of God. And anything out of that whole journey that I guess 
we could draw from or people could take courage from or, or be encouraged by just how, how you guys have seen God work through you guys as a couple? Yeah, I think, um, you know, God never lose sight of hope. There's always hope. And, um, you know, Jesus is hope and believing in Jesus um, gives us the hope that we need. Sometimes we can be so overwhelmed by our circumstances. And um, even right now in the middle of a pandemic, there's so much chaos and things that are going wrong. But, you know, God never changes. One of um, his characteristics is he's immutable. He doesn't change. And the more we realize that we can put our hope in someone who is constant, um, he really does, you know, give you a flourishing life and can turn your world around. Yeah, he, he, one thing as I touched on before, you know, we've planted our house on God. And I think that that's the only way you can go. It's when you put him first, he works the rest out. And um, just even leading into this, for the last couple of weeks, I've just really had it on my heart that there's families out there that, you know, um, you might look at your situation, especially with, as I was saying, the pandemic and, and redundancies and job losses and all that sort of stuff, um, or whether you're studying. And I just felt really God really say, um, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, whether your family looked different 12 months ago to now, whether you're studying, whether you're a solo parent doing it on your own, you know, God can use you. No matter what you're doing, God can use you. He can use you as an example. So the... When you live a life sold out for Jesus, he's going to point people to you as an example. So it doesn't matter if your life doesn't look exactly how you thought it would. God's still going to use you and, and your story in a powerful way. Awesome. And I mean, thank you guys so much for opening up your journey. And thank you for your pursuit of God and your trust in him. And then being able to now be a great testimony to many others. And you know, even just hearing the, some of the brokenness you guys have had to go through um, to actually see now two lives that are flourishing and, and moving forward in God is, is really inspiring. And so thank you for sharing that with us tonight. And I pray it's been an encouragement for you at home, maybe for where your life's at. You know, both Adam and Aisha have touched on how, you know, at different times they both had once been with God and walked away from God, but that ability to just in a moment return back to God and see how God can take a life and restore it and make it whole and make it healthy and pour out the blessings and the plan of God on their life. We can take great encouragement. I, I don't know where you're at with your journey, but maybe you're in a place where you are uh, in, a, in, in, a, in a relationship with God, but you look around your life, the people in your world. I, I hope you can take great encouragement to be able to have faith for those in your world that God can arrest any heart and any life in any situation. God can turn around any moment and, and even just have that faith for, I guess, the people around us that, come on, in a moment, God can turn a whole situation around and what people can look to be going one way. Your life can feel like it's going one way, but in a moment, God can turn it around. And I just want to take a moment as we finish just to pray for those maybe watching and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Friend, Jesus died on the cross for you and I. So no matter what we've done, what we've gone through, no matter what sin is in our world, in a moment when we turn to Him, we can be forgiven. And God's desire is that we would go on to live a full life. And even as we've heard Adam and Aisha's journey tonight of, of, of what they've had to go through, but as they've turned to God, they've seen God not only bring a healing, but bring a fullness 
uh, to their life as they live a life forward under the, the covering, the blessing and the relationship with God. And friend, that's God's desire for you is that you would know Him, that you would be able to flourish in Him, that you would know the fullness of life, the purpose, the meaning that can be discovered with Him. A friend, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, whether you once walked with God and you walked away, or whether even tonight for the first time you want to give your life to Him. Friend, it all just starts with a moment, and that moment can be right here, where you take a moment to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior and invite Him into your heart. And so I'd just love to lead us all in a closing prayer that invites Jesus into your heart. But if you're watching this for the first and tonight for the first time, you're saying, you know what? I want to pray this prayer. I want to open my heart up to Jesus. But as we say these words, why don't you just mean them in your heart? So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, tonight, open up my heart and ask you to come in. Forgive me of where I've gone wrong. But Jesus, I turn to you and I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.